found the Winding Road Podcast, hosted by Jason and Isaac. We're two friends who are sitting in the driveway just chatting about cars over some drinks, while two of our favorite cars are sitting behind us shining in the sun. We never know where the conversation will go, but we hope you join us. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Happy Monday. Uh, Jason and Isaac back at you talking about cars, anything car related. I've got several things to talk about, Jason. So before I start rambling, um, what do you got? Anything on your mind this tonight? Um, let's see. What do I have on my mind? Not nothing really great, like car signing wise. I wasn't able to. I was kind of busy with work and stuff this week, so I wasn't really able to get to any shows or anything like that. Um, I was wondering. I, I saw that um, Just Joe's had a show. I didn't know if you got there or not. I um actually I drove by there. Uh a week ago and I was planning on going but I don't know it was like I guess it was 10 o'clock ish I think it goes to 11 but it just didn't seem great there wasn't hmm. there wasn't too much going on um so I just kind of kept going and that was kind of late though I mean I've only been there once but I feel like by 9 30 10 o'clock people start kind of filing out yeah you have to go I guess kind of earlier and it, I um I just didn't get up early enough I had stuff to do around the house and work things came up so I almost had to go to work so I just didn't get out when I wanted to mm -hmm. um but just shows is okay I don't know it doesn't I feel like there's better ones out there um mm -hmm. but I like the area that area is just great for cars um and even just the drive up there from where I live in Aston is just pleasant so it's always nice to get out in the hills and you know just around some quick turns that kind of thing yeah um but I did so I saw something it came across I think I saw on Facebook or something and I, I it was just crazy to me. So there's the BMW, the new BMW 7 Series mm -hmm. has, a, I think it's called, it's some type of a TV screen in the back behind the seats. Right, it, yeah. It's called, um, what is it? I don't know, theater, BMW theater screen. And okay. It's, it's 30, a 31-inch, like, entertainment system right behind the seats and then with that package um comes you know reclining seats and it's it's awesome um i didn't get in, i didn't get into the details as far as um like pricing on it but mm -hmm. i'm really curious to see what that option package costs because it's okay. pretty ridiculous it's basically like a huge panel behind the like this like the the front seats it's like a widescreen, right? Yeah, like a widescreen. It looks like it looks like there's like a TV in the middle and then two screens on the sides. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty ridiculous. Um, so I, I like to I, I like to give that cost. I don't know if it was that car or a different one that I'm thinking of, but uh, I saw a car recently, uh, like a video review of it, and the screen basically went from the center of each headrest to each other. So it was like a oh, that's cool. Like it was probably like 27 inches wide and it was like mm -hmm. eight or 10 inches tall. So it was like super widescreen, but mm -hmm. it was there. Might have been on an SUV. Like fat is that I a factory? Remember. Was that a factory thing or do you think it was a customer? Yeah, it was oh. factory. Which is kind of weird because they're kind of like going away because with the connectivity, people using their Wi-Fi and their kids have tablets and stuff, like yeah. it's not really needed anymore to have screens on like the headrests and stuff like there was 20 years ago. Yeah, remember that though? Like that was a big thing. You had like, TVs in your headrest. I'm, I'm gonna look into that because I want to see. 
I bet you that's like an $8,000 package or something ridiculous. Probably. Maybe more. Yeah. Um, but that, and then I saw something else that was interesting. You know the uh, the uh, Mercedes-Benz SLS? Uh, the, it's got like the gullwing doors. Yeah. Did you know that it had exploding door bolts on it? So like if you rolled the car, you can't get the doors open. It basically like blows the doors off the hinges so you can get out. Yeah, that's did that's you, pretty did, cool. <laughs> did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that, but that I mean I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's pretty cool. Hopefully you're never in that situation, but right. It's an interesting feature. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of what most cars have. So if you ever look open the rear door uh-huh. of a car, um, there's like two and a half inch long post that sticks out of the door mm-hmm. and it fits into like the door frame. And mm-hmm. so um the thought behind that is if you're in a like a side impact it kind of like keeps the door closed so that okay. the occupant isn't uh, thrown from the car I'm not saying in every case it's going to do that but if you ever yeah. look at a back door um mm-hmm. of a vehicle you, you'll probably see that there's this chrome post that's sticking out of the door and then it out, out, out of like the, out of the latch area where the door no. latches no like so in the rear door is usually shaped around the rear tire like fender well area mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it's somewhere on the lower part where you really don't see it unless you're looking for it because it's below like your sight line mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's on the on the door itself and it kind of in the arch that follows the rear wheel and then on the on the body side there's like this cup that it fits into hmm. the next time i open my deck my back door i'll take a look at that yeah and then Real quick before, because I know you have a lot of stuff to discuss. So real quick before I turn it over to yeah. you, I have only a few one, things. I've got one more thing that I have to discuss before I forget about it. Okay. Shoot. So on my way to work this morning, I had the uh, some more PTSD from the oh. um, the Audi warning lights. Okay. So so yes, I was driving home and I got an oil like an oil level warning, which is weird. Like, that's weird. So. This morning I got in my car and I was ready to go to work and I totally forgot that I had to check that. So I was like super low on oil, which is a little bit concerning. Um, I got to check that out tomorrow, but I put some oil in it and I cleared that light. Good to go. So on my way, I go, you know, I'm like halfway to work and it's like, <laughs> and then the red light comes on as a red light. The other one was a yellow light. I'm like, oh no, what's, what's happening now? <laughs> I'm, like asleep. I'm like half asleep. And it was um, the coolant level light. Okay. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I always have to put a little bit, you know, I, I have to top it off every once in a while. But we were discussing that before about how attention grabbing that that yeah. morning is. And it always happens to me at the worst times, like when I'm half asleep mm-hmm. driving to work. <laughs> yeah. And like for me, I, I know like in that, situation it was like okay you're half asleep because you're you know on your way to work um the first one comes on you take care of it you're on your way to work you're still really not awake at least not me yeah and then the second one comes on it's like really what now like what now stop it just i just want to drive yeah oh well wait and and i also have um i have to put air in my tire every every like three days so that's like consistently giving me warnings and i was thinking no, because I was trying to figure out like the tire, the um, the uh, how to do it with tire rack because I have the road hazard, but I'm pretty sure that 
I need to just get it repaired and then um, submit the invoice and they'll reimburse me. I'm, I, think I'm, I, have, I think so. That's what, I, that's what I've researched so far. Um, and I have off tomorrow, so I'm going to do some car maintenance and that's on my list. But um, it was funny because I was thinking about being an airline pilot and, you know, you get like you get like a, a warning light or something and you have to address it and figure out what the problem is. So that's like, that's how I felt this morning. You hear like, ding, and then you have to like, figure out what is what's happening and what's the problem? Is it dire? Can I like, continue on my way? Nice. But, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if this car is like overly sensitive with with like its warnings, or it's, maybe it just monitors so many different things. I don't know. It, just, it seems like it's always grabbing my attention for some reason. <laughs> it just wants to know that it wants you to know that it cares. And it wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah. And it it wants to. It's just talking to you. Yeah, well, that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> I wish it's, I hope that none of this is going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You never know with these things. <laughs> Speaking of costing money, uh, I had my car inspected this weekend okay. and I failed inspection. Ooh. Yes. That is no um, good. Is that, is that your news, by the way? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's not yeah. good. Failing inspection is not good. When did it fail so, on? Well, something that's not very common, it means an outer tie rod end. Oh, so, where? On the front end? Yeah. Uh, which side? Uh, I don't remember which side. I'm doing both, so it doesn't really matter. But, um, yeah, he said that the outer one of the outer tie rod ends has a little bit too much play. Um, he recommended doing the outer and inner. And I'm like, well, well, I'm at it. I'll just do both sides because like they're the, both the same age. They have the same amount of miles on them, you know, uh-huh. and the parts weren't relatively expensive. Uh, so where I, where I get my parts from online, um, they, they had the kit for both inner and outer on both sides and it was like $150 in parts. So, um, oh, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I can't really complain, but, um, that's now on my list of things that I got to get done. You know, I've got the parts ordered. They should be here um, either tomorrow or Wednesday. So just got to get it in. Where do you get the parts from? Uh, there's a website called FCP Euro. FCP, um, yeah. I used to use ECS for my Volkswagen, mm-hmm. but they it seems like they specialize in like Volkswagen and Audi. And then mm-hmm. FCP specializes more in, in Porsche than mm-hmm. ECS does. So I've just found better selection on that website. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I kind of find like a different website for every car. Like I used to get most of my diesel stuff from this website called ID parts, which is independent diesel. It's a company name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all kind of like out of the Northeast. Like this, that one was, uh, I want to say like Connecticut or somewhere up there or Massachusetts and ECS is out of Ohio and fcp euro is out of connecticut so like like i never pay for expedited shipping even if it's an emergency because if i like ordered it this morning it'll be here tomorrow or Mm -hmm. at the latest wednesday because we're so close to them it's two days no matter what so Mm -hmm. you know i can get the basic economy shipping and it still shows up in two days so i can't complain about that yeah that's not bad i've got i've got my rotors i think i got my rotors from there and then i'm I got this, you know, my ignition switch part from some dealer somewhere. And I, I, you know, you, the parts come and they just sit around 
because I have to, I just haven't had time to do that. I'm still trying to, the brakes I'm trying to wear out until I get a late or something. I'm going to ride that until I can't anymore. You got to stop driving like a granny. <laughs> yeah, I got to drive a little <laughs> harder. Or maybe I just don't use my brakes enough. <laughs> yeah, all, all gas, no brakes. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah. So now my car is overdue for an oil change by like 500 miles. So that's coming up. My inspection was done. My brake fluid was replaced. That was two years old. Um, I was going to have an alignment done because my steering wheel was a little bit off. But mm -hmm. then he found that. So it's pointless to do an alignment if I'm going to replace the tie rods. So I got to wait to do that. And then I think I think the car's up to date then after the tie rods are replaced and the alignment's done and the oil change is done. I'm good for another 10,000 miles. Did you see the brake fluid? I did not. I was working, so he just did it. Norm like normally I kind of hang out and help him, but mm -hmm. um, I had to work. So, so that's it with the Cayman. I have to, I still have yet to plan a road trip. That's really, and it's almost July or it is July basically. Yeah. And I still have yet to do that. So I'm slacking there. Any ideas or no, I haven't, I haven't actually thought about it for at least a month, probably. Um, why you mentioned that you had to find, you had to find someone new to work on the car. Did, did that person leave or no, uh, he got promoted out of the shop. So he's not allowed to work on cars anymore. Oh, that stinks. I saw, um, I saw there's like a, a Gallardo today in the uh, service drives. Yeah, it was, it was a fun day at work. Uh, I had an R8 come in this morning and then a guy called me out of the blue. Um, who's, he bought a Gallardo and it was overdue for service. So he's like, everyone's telling me it's like a month away. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, leave it here. I'll try to work it in. And, um, you know, the nice thing is the Gallardos have the same engine, generally speaking, as the R8s. So it's relatively simple for us to do. Um, but this one actually has some miles on it. It's an 09 and it's got 70,000 miles on it. So wow. it's um, it's actually been driven, which mm -hmm. is good. Mm -hmm. So it's good, good to see. What did it need just in for routine maintenance? Yeah, oil change, brake fluid. Yep. I feel like I need to do my brake fluid soon. Every two I'm afraid, years. I'm afraid to do that myself. That's one thing I've never messed with. Like it's yeah. from what I hear, it's relatively simple, but I, I just, when it comes to that, I, I just don't want to mess around with it. I'll just yeah. have somebody do it. Yeah. You don't need to like be doing like a hundred miles an hour and have a, a bubble or something come out of the brakes. And yeah. Or like just, have no you know, I mean, I'm sure if I watched somebody do it and they and was taught how to do it, I mm. could, but mm. especially with my brakes, because I have the monoblock calipers, like I have um, four piston calipers in the front and Jeez. two piston in the rear. So there's a, there's two bleeder screws on each caliper in the front and probably two on each in the rear. Um, and actually one of the front ones was seized, so he couldn't loosen it up. So like I, if I was doing it myself, might have broken it off yeah. in the caliper. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but he he knew that it didn't feel right. So he just didn't push it, you know. Um, so that's sometimes the benefit of having someone do it for you that knows what they're doing is I save myself from having to buy a brake caliper. Well, yeah, but 
So, but you can't you can't bleed that side now. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to know that if there's just one on each side for convenience, mm. or if the say it's the outer side, if that one just can't get blood now. I don't mm. know um, because they do have like on on that style of caliper, there is a hard metal brake line that goes from outside to inside. So if that one loop or is it a, like kind of like does the fluid go out and back? You know, if it's if it's one recirculating loop, then it doesn't matter which one you bleed. Mm. So I don't I don't know that much about it. Does that change the pedal feel when you get when you change your fluid? It can. Um, and that's also one reason why, like, if you don't do it right, then you have air in the lines and you have like a mushy pedal and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, uh, but the reason for doing it, a lot of people like used to never do it, but brake fluid is actually what's called hydroscopic, which means it attracts water. And so when it gets heated up, when it cools down, it collects condensation. And when the oil and water mix, when it heats up again, the water turns to vapor and that's when you get a squishy pedal. So the extreme scenario is on a racetrack when the brakes are hot and the fluid's getting hot and stuff like that. That's when you would notice it. But also the other part of it is that you would see is if, if you have this condensation in the lines, while you may not ever get the brakes hot enough to vaporize it and turn it mm. into, you know, air, when it's water, it's going to rust your brake lines from the inside out and you're never going to know it. And all of a sudden you've got a 10 year old car and maybe your brakes fail. And it's because the one of the lines rusted on the inside and now it's got a pinhole and it's leaking. And you've got no brake pressure. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've started being more cognizant of it the last handful of years um, because, you know, I drive my cars, not hard, but I, I drive my cars and I want them to perform well. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't cost a lot, you know? Yeah. Which is several, it's like only a couple hundred bucks. Right. Which is and it, which not is even fun. depending on what's your car, not depending on what kind of car you have, maybe not even that. I know I was hanging out with some family friends a few years ago um, mm -hmm. from back home. And the one guy mm -hmm. was saying he took his Corolla in for some service Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, they wanted to charge me $79 to change a brake fluid. I've never changed brake fluid in my life. I'm not going to pay $80. That, that's crazy. That's like, that's like outrageous pricing. I'm like, it's actually pretty cheap. You yeah. Know? Um, so, but it's all about perspective and, you know, uh, certain people, you're never going to change your minds. So, right. you know, but um, yeah. And I, also, I also think that you're, you know, generally speaking, if you're driving a Corolla, you're probably not really <clears throat> that concerned with the performance of it. No, or even maintaining but, it. Yeah. That's Unless true. it's one that of those sense. GR ones with the three cylinders that are coming out. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because when I, back when I had my Civic, I mm -hmm. think I told you that I changed the, the front bumper yeah. to have the hybrid bumper. Yeah. Um, and one thing I wanted to do was put the factory fog lights in the bumper. And they said, well, they're not available. I said, you know when they're going to be available? And he's like, well, I don't think they will because if someone's buying a hybrid, they're concerned about saving money on gas. And why, do you, why would they spend money on, you know, 
fog lights if they're trying to save money. And at the, at the time, I didn't really have a response to that. But over time, every now and then I think about it, I'm like, you know, saving money on gas is not the same as or is not the same as trying to have good vision. And fog lights are supposedly trying to help you with that. So, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. Like they never came out with it and it wasn't really a big deal. But um, I was just going for a certain look and I couldn't get it exactly the way I wanted it. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that be, like to that point, a lot of times, like I feel like the at least the hybrids, I'll say of the past in quotes, um, were definitely not like style, you know, like style like they didn't look cool. Yeah, they were typically like bare bones, you know, try to find a cheap car that's as cheap as possible, as economic as possible, you know, styling be damned. Um, You know, I don't want to spend $50 on all weather mats because I just want a cheap car to get me from A to B. Right. right. But but it's weird because, at least to me, there were some Hondas had like – I don't know. Cool. I liked them styling cues that I would have liked to see on like the regular cars. For instance, I think the Civic Hybrid had those clear taillights. Not all Tezas, but like clear. Um, and that, that I think that'd be cool, like on an SI or something with like the body kit and all that stuff. And even the Accord, the older the older Accords, like Kelsey's, it's like an 06, I think, and it has. It's like the triangle taillights and the brake lights are the LEDs. And then the turn signal up top is just a regular incandescent bulb and it's all red. Uh, the hybrid ones were the LEDs and then the, the, the turn signal part was clear and it was amber. And it's just different. I'm, and like, that's cool. I like that. But I would have probably put that on her car. Right. So it's just, it's funny how. I think some of the hybrids um, as a whole, they don't look great, but there are certain styling things that I think are cool on other vehicles, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah. And now, you know, people want both. They want, they want a hybrid um, and they want you to know it's a hybrid by like the badging and, and styling that's maybe a little bit different and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, and they also want all the creature comforts and features that they're used to. So, you know, a lot of hybrids now are generally optioned the same as, or higher than their straight gasoline counterparts, because people are spending extra money. They want, they're used to the nice things now, whereas mm-hmm. 20 years ago, when hybrids started becoming available, you know, the only people that bought them were people that were not stingy, but they really were trying to save money everywhere they could. And the car was literally an appliance and they didn't mm. want it to, they didn't care about all the bells and whistles. And it's also when you're coming out of the nineties, when, you know, half the cars didn't have power windows, half the cars didn't have air conditioning. It was an option. Um, half the cars didn't have cruise control or power locks and things like that. Now, mm. 20 years later, we're used to having all that in all of our cars. And so people expect that and more. So right. def- things have definitely changed over time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember there was a, it was a Honda, and I think it was a, it was definitely a hybrid at least, and it had a, it had a man, like a manual option. 
I think it might, was it the Insight? Probably, you're probably thinking of the CRZ. Yeah, that's it, the CRZ. Yeah. It was a manual hybrid. That's awesome. Like, I, don't, I think that was the only one of its, of its kind. There are very few, um, but I've heard that actually drives really well. Really? I've, I've driven one once, but it was mm-hmm. all on the highway. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I really couldn't get any kind of feel for it. But I've heard that they handle really well, like, like a modern day CRX, but okay. as a hybrid. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, so I've, I've heard good things about that car, actually. You know, I feel like you really don't see them too often. No, they, they didn't sell well because the fuel economy actually wasn't that great for how small it was. And yeah. it was small. It was yeah. a two-seater. Uh-huh. And so, like, it only sat two people. It was small. The mileage wasn't as good as a normal Civic hybrid or, like, the Prius. And so why, like, there was, it was for a very unique market, mm-hmm. which is just not very big. Right. So. I wonder why, I wonder why the fuel economy wasn't great. I don't know. Well, I mean, Honda, at least in the, in the two, early 2000s, they always trailed behind Toyota. Like Toyota's hybrid system has been the best for a long time. Mm-hmm. And Honda, it was just kind of like cobbled together to mm. have something to offer to compete mm-hmm. with Toyota. Mm. But like the, the Civic hybrid for a long time was three to five, six miles per gallon average lower than a Prius. And if you're looking for a hybrid back then, the same kind of buyer, it just didn't have a good enough case for itself. So I have a bunch of car sightings this week, actually. Nice. Well, what do you got? So I saw what I believe are two separate Ferrari 308s. So like okay. the Magnum PI style. Okay. Um, I know they were different because they were different colors, but they were th- within like a week of each other. And so that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Like wow. you, never, you don't see those very often. Where are you just on the road while you're driving? Yeah, I don't remember where, um, but there's something unique I don't see too often. And yeah. they're not, they've, that style has never really been one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I can, I can like it for what it is. I mean, that's classic. That's classic Ferrari. Yes. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I think the Testarossa is probably even more iconic, I would say. Um, at least in my opinion, I, I'm, I'm more of a uh, Testarossa fan, but I do like the rear ends of these cars. They look nice. I mm. like them with, yeah. the, with, the, with the round taillights and it's kind of like. It's definitely a classic styling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, like I said, they've never really done much for me, mm. but um, yeah, these, so the, and I don't know if you know the difference between the the 308s and the Testarossa was a Testarossa was a, a flat, a flat 12. Okay. And the, the 308s, um, they've always been V8. So like the 308, 328, 348, 355, um, 360, those are all the, you know, V8 rear engine or mid engine Ferraris. And then the Testarossa mm-hmm. was a mid engine V uh, flat 12. So um, I actually watched a video recently about I, them. I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, it was it was actually didn't drive as well as you think it would because mm-hmm. the configuration was kind of weird um, because of mm-hmm. how much room it took up and things like that. Because of I the like twelve the, cylinder. Well, they sound. I mean, the sound though. I mean, I feel like a V twelve is just has its own 
like sound profile. You know what I mean? It's just especially like a supercar like that. Would that even yeah. be considered a supercar? I don't even know at this point. Probably not. Um, probably like you, think? you know a classic supercar, sports car, uh, GT car, somewhere in there. I think it's kind of like you know a little bit of everything. I'm looking at the 355 right now. I I actually I like this a lot. This is this reminds me of like my childhood and just yeah, just be like wow, that's awesome. You know, 355 has always been, will always be my favorite Ferrari. Like, I don't care if it's an Enzo. I don't care if it's an F40. I don't care. The 355 and the hardtop, uh-huh. that's, 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 my, that's my Ferrari. If I was that's ever to it. buy a Ferrari, that's, yeah. that's it. That'd be yeah. it. What do they go for? Are they, um, are they like hard to come by? Are they, are they still expensive right now? Um, I think depending on, like, the condition of them, mm-hmm. uh, pre-COVID, probably – 60 to 80 grand. And that's manageable if you save, you know, save. There was a guy that worked today. He was, he was just about to turn 50 and he was buying a 2014 uh, Bentley Flying Spur. And he was like, yeah, I'm just going to park in the garage and look at it and just take it out on the weekends once in a while. He's like, my wife's all bent out of shape because, you know, I, I was planning on buying this and I bought it and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But I think I mean I think you I think that car was like seventy nine thousand. Forget how many miles I had on it. Yeah, but the thing about the three fifty five is, while it sounded attainable, you know, sixty eighty, that's not that's not nothing. But mm-hmm. when you think of Ferraris, you're thinking like hundred, hundred fifty, you know, two hundred oh, for least, a used yeah. one. Yeah. But the reason these are so relatively inexpensive is because every twenty thousand miles you got to take the engine out to replace the timing belt. Or every twenty thousand miles, or every two years, and so every two years you've got a twenty thousand dollar repair bill. Jeez, oh yeah, the maintenance costs. Yeah, because this is pre this this car was the last of the generation that the NSX killed. So like mm-hmm. prior to the NSX, it was acceptable for an exotic car to be hard to drive hard to park uncomfortable loud you know fit and finish was crap Mm -hmm. you know the maintenance was through the roof reliability was crap and Mm -hmm. then the nsx came along and it performed just as well it looked just as good but it was reliable like an accord Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at that point Ferrari and Lamborghini and the others, they realized that they can't get around anymore building these cars that were piles of crap and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or piles had super crap. high maintenance you know, costs and stuff like yeah. that. So uh, the 360 was the first, because it was the 360 was after the 355. Mm-hmm. 360 was the first of the newer Ferraris where it was more easily serviceable more reliable fit better fit and finish and stuff like that it's that, that's all because the Acura nsx interesting i don't love that though i don't love the 360 i don't really like the look of it no i don't like i said 355 is the only one i care about or i lie i also like the 550 marinello that's the front engine v12 grand touring car oh yeah 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 definitely yeah. 
Yeah. Those those two and a Diablo are like my three my those are my poster cars. I never had uh-huh. posters on the wall. Yeah. But those three are my poster cars. The Diablo, yeah, definitely hundred percent. There's a new NSX coming out, right? That's been out. It's out already. Yeah, it came out uh, five or six years ago. No, uh, stop it. Yeah. No way. I'm thinking of something else then. There's no way that I'm thinking that. Yeah, it's a, it's a twin turbo V6 hybrid. It's It came out five years ago. Yeah. I, I Take me off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I have to do my... I'm thinking about another car then. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's pull up the Wikipedia real quick. We've got a few minutes left tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll settle this debate. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I've ever seen one though. I, I mean, mean super, they're not they, they're not they're as super popular expensive? as the original one, um, but you know, it's it's more. It's almost like if you take an NSX and you mm. mix it with a sky, you know, a new current generation GTR, where it's all mm. like electronic and video game style, like everything mm. inside. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that. It's a you know, and it's a hybrid. It's all wheel drive, so like it's not the same car as it was you know, in the nineties. Yeah. They were pretty awesome when they came out. I remember playing that. I think, I, I think I had, it might've been need for speed. I forget what it was, but I had it on the computer and it had like all the, you know, all the, all the cars in the area, but the graphics are great. And the interior, like if you're driving from an interior perspective, all the gauges and stuff. And I remember that one. And I think a Diablo was on that too. I don't remember an NSX. Which which Need for Speed do you remember? Because I had two or three of their games. Um, I had my first one was Hot Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, that. And that's where I that's where I liked. That's when I found the Diablo and the 550 Marinello, I believe. Well, this is going to drive me nuts because this is like back in like the Macintosh computer days, mm-hmm. and I don't. It might not have been Need for Speed. I'm not sure. But yeah. I don't think there's any way I'm ever going to be able to figure this out. Like, there's no <laughs> way I can go back. Because I was like a kid. I was like 10 years yeah. old. Um, I don't know. Now it's, now I'm not going to go to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. You can reach us by email at windingroadspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at windingroadspodcast. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love it if you could rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, enjoy the drive.